business is the fuel that drives America. Innovation, hard work, risk, and reward. It's what many call the American dream, and we're bringing the dream to you. It's the Business Beyond the Boardroom Show with your host, Mark Steckman. What's on everybody's mind right now, Pat George? Who's going to be our quarterback? Are we no, going to have a team? No. Let's see. Uh, Everybody maybe wants to know about their money, Pat. Their money. I don't have any, so yeah, I don't worry well, about maybe that. Maybe you need to pay attention today. <laughs> this episode is for you. Matter of fact, as the uh, stock market has been very volatile over the last several months, the real estate market is soaring. People are wanting to know, where should I put my money? In fact, some people are even asking about cryptocurrency, and we're going to get to that as well. This morning, I've invited Ray Ferrara of Provise Management Group. Good morning, Ray. Good morning. How are you? Happy Groundhog's Day. It is Groundhog's Day. I forgot about that. I'm glad you brought that up. Six more weeks of bad weather is (laughs) what he's predicting. Or six more weeks of uh, good returns on your investments is uh, I'm predicting. Ray, uh, January was a crazy month for the markets, especially after so many good years of an up market. Uh, What are you telling your clients right now? Well, uh, I think we have to focus on the long term. One month does not a new market make. Um, And, of course, we've already seen in the last three or four days a nice bounce back uh, from that. Uh, Growth stocks have underperformed the value stocks during that period of time. And I would remind folks that, uh, uh, first of all, uh, the market is uh, well up over the last two years. Uh, by some 30% measured by the S&P 500. Um, if you, um, if you look at the, um, uh, the last uh, 10 years, uh, the market has averaged 15% per year. And if you look at the last 20 years, it's uh, a little over 9% per year. So continue to look long term. Don't uh, listen to, uh, um, you know, those that say we're headed in another direction. It's hard not to believe that the United States won't produce another a good increase in our gross domestic product. And I love it when people say it's going to be a bad year and they're projecting that it's going to be up 4%, where we would be delighted if it was just 2%. Right. That's crazy when they say that. But I I do have to correct myself, by the way. I introduced you as the president, and I know that you're not the president of your firm. You are the executive chair and chief compliance officer. And what that means is that you've been through a lot of markets, ups and downs, over the last uh, 30, 40 years, right? Uh, well, uh, I celebrated 50 years in the industry uh, this uh, this past year, uh, and yes, there are a lot of ups and downs, whether it was uh, the high inflation of the 70s and uh, a very lousy stock market uh, there, uh, 1987 with uh, Black Friday, um, uh, or you can uh, go to the debacle of the dot-com or the great financial uh, uh, recession uh, that we had. Uh, all of those recovered, and um, uh, we, we are in a better place. You know, one of the ways I like to describe the stock market uh, to folks is that it's uh, like a man walking up a flight of stairs with a yo-yo. And we all have a tendency to watch the yo-yo going up and down and fail to realize that the man is walking up the flight of stairs, and that's yeah. really what's important. What a great analogy. You know, and that's that's the best part about having a pro like you and, of course, your team over at Provise Management Group working on uh, on our behalf because the reality is is that when I hear people say things like, oh, but this is a different market, it's not like the last one. The reality is is that 
all of the markets, while they're different, have a lot of commonalities. And having somebody with context and experience working on your behalf to hand, handle and to manage and to do your estate planning and your trust planning, all this kind of financial stuff is super, super important. So it seems like that uh, the growth stocks have kind of taken a bigger hit recently than the value stocks. Is it time to clean up and maybe sell some of those growth stocks, do you think? Well, a couple of things I think to consider. First of all, you have to always look at the individual stock itself and uh, what you're going to do with it. The, the, in large measure, the growth stocks, in our opinion, got ahead of themselves, um, and it was time for them to, to do a little retreating. Uh, but just to show how volatile things really are, uh, you have a, a stock uh, like Alphabet that yesterday announced surprising earnings, uh, better than was anticipated. I saw that. Yeah. Uh, and and then uh, they said they were going to do a 20-for-1 stock split. And uh, early today, uh, the stock is up uh, uh, was up as much as uh, uh, 8%, uh, 9%. The stock, the company is not worth eight or nine percent more on Wednesday than it was on Tuesday, uh, but it's the enthusiasm that was there. So you have to look at the prospects going going ahead. On the other hand, you look at something like PayPal, uh, which uh, has a, a really uh, excellent uh, um, uh, service that it provides, but it's down fifty percent uh, from its, uh, from its high and having chunk almost 20% just this morning. So Eesh. if you're going to be in those growth stocks, look at the long term. It's not something that you want to trade on. Uh, you got to just ride the volatility. And if there's a good business model that exists, um, just hang in there. Uh, they should come back over time. But, uh, on the other hand, if things change as they have perhaps at PayPal, um, just go ahead and uh, cash in, even though you might have to still pay taxes. And don't forget, even if you're in a loss position, you're able to use those losses to offset your gains in, in other stocks. And that's a good thing. Uh, in the last episode, last time you were here, you mentioned several areas of concern, and those were the inflation, the Fed, the global markets, government spending, which has been out of control, and uh, geopolitical events. I think Ukraine is one that comes to mind real quickly here. Which of those is most important? Should we be paying attention to one of those or all of them, or what do you think about that? So, uh, as it, you know, I, I don't worry about the things I can't control. And obviously, when it comes to, um, uh, to Ukraine, um, none of us uh, are able to determine what might happen there, what could happen in Iran, uh, other places in the Middle East. Um, and, and for the most part, those, those events, when they create volatility in the market, it's Generally, not always, but generally short-lived. Um, uh, so what, what possibly can we control? Um, well, we certainly uh, understand um, the effects of inflation, uh, and uh, the way we can help uh, mitigate that is to try to slow the economy down a little bit with the heavy demand that's going on right now and the supply shortages that are there. Prices are continuing to go up. Uh, gasoline in California is $5 a gallon. Uh, I bought some last week at $4.25 right here in Florida. Um, and the way that we can control that is to increase the supply or decrease the demand. And the Federal Reserve uh, has basically said that uh, starting next month at their next meeting, uh, 
that uh, in addition to quit stop, uh, to, in addition to stopping um, uh, buying bonds uh, and perhaps even selling bonds back into the market, uh, they're going to raise interest rates, and that will slow things down. But folks have to understand that the raising of the interest rates, uh, while it will slow things down, it's not going to stop the economic train that uh, that we're on at, at the moment. And we have to remember there was a long time throughout history um, where we were able to do extremely well with a 10-year treasury between 3 and 5%, not one that's sitting at 1.8%. Uh, 8, 8%. Right. So I think we can control some inflation. And so, uh, I, again, long term, I think later this year, we'll see all of that uh, slow down. Um, I think the biggest concern in the moment is the sentiment that is in uh, investors' minds, and that worries me more than anything else at the moment, uh, because it has a self-fulfilling prophecy um, in that if people start to believe we're in a recession, even though we're not in a recession or an economic slowdown, we can create one. Um, and that's the that's the thing that worries me the most, is the sentiment of the investing community doesn't uh, isn't isn't it Napoleon Hill that uh, coined the phrase "If you believe it, you can achieve it." <laughs> so if you believe <laughs> if you believe we're in a recession, eventually you'll start to achieve one. Hey, uh, we're chatting right now with Raymond Ferrara. He is the executive chair and chief compliance officer of Provise Management Group and Provise Management Group right here in the Tampa Bay area with offices in Tampa and Clearwater. You can find out more information about them. If you can set up an appointment, if you'd like to meet with them, talk about your investment strategy. Maybe you've got a trust you want to put together or your estate plan, retirement planning, wealth planning, all this kind of stuff. Or maybe you're just building a brand new portfolio for your future. That's what they do over at Provise Management Group. Provise.com, and you can call them if you're old school like me and you want to use the phone. Write this number down, 800-633-3049. That's Provise Management Group. For the investor that's listening to this show right now that's recently retired, this has got to be a little bit of a scary time with some of the markets kind of in correction territory and others that look like they may be close to a correction. How do you help protect a retiree or somebody who's approaching retirement in this volatile environment? Uh, so uh, let's talk about the retiree first. Um, and uh, assuming that they're needing to draw down on their assets uh, to create some of the cash flow to let them continue to enjoy the life they've become to which they've become accustomed, um, one of the things that uh, we do is to keep uh, anywhere from 15 to 18 months worth of cash flow in cash within their port within their portfolio. So if somebody uh, uh, if somebody needs to be drawing down five thousand dollars a month. Um, we will keep um, uh, anywhere from uh, 75 to, um, uh, let's say, $100,000 in cash um, so that should we go into a bear market, uh, which typically uh, lasts something less than um, 18 months, we don't have to sell when the market is down. Uh, and uh, on top of that, you, when you're earning interest in dividends, uh, there's probably enough to keep them cash flow happy without having to sell anything for uh, up to almost two years. Now, there's a cost to it, of course, because we're not going to earn anything on that cash in the meantime. But that's like buying insurance. Uh, and the cost of that insurance is the lack of opportunity on money. But it gives a lot of peace of mind to uh, to many investors to take that kind of approach. For those that are, are nearing retirement, uh, they need to be thinking in terms of 
uh, is their asset allocation correct uh, at the current time? Um, uh, we had uh, a client just the other day who uh, retired, uh, say the other day, late December, decided to retire um, and uh, uh, found his portfolio uh, very much uh, to be aggressive. And we had suggested to him that uh, he ought to uh, think in terms of uh, changing his asset allocation to make it a little more conservative. And uh, by doing that, uh, as it turned out, uh, at, at the first of the year, uh, he was able to save a substantial amount of money during the downturn that occurred in January. Mm. That was pure luck, having nothing to do with with uh, anything but good timing. But those are the kinds of things that people need to be thinking about as they're planning their retirement or when they're in retirement. I don't know if you're a football fan, uh, Ray, but uh, I look at it, and as I'm hearing you talk, it makes makes it real clear to me to think of it in terms of offense versus defense, right? The offense is if you're young, you're playing a lot of offense. You're, you're just putting your money out there to grow, and you've got a lot of time to, to take chance with. But as you get closer and closer to retirement, you've got to play a little more defense to, to protect your, your, your nest egg, if you will. And uh, some of these adjustments are what a pro like you or your team are, are really good at is understanding where to be uh, more on the offense and more to be on the defense. Is that is that an accurate way to look at it? Yeah, I think it is, but it's not all defense uh, because uh, all defense uh, um, per- perhaps will not produce the kind of return that you want. I mean, I stop and think that uh, uh, a couple of the 865 uh, who are in average health, they have a joint life expectancy uh, that will get them out to about uh, 88 years of age, 23 years from now. Um, and that's a long time. So you, you've got to play better defense, but at the same time uh, continue on the offensive side to make sure that you're able to keep pace with inflation uh, and um, um, the other things that will happen throughout life. So you still got to be moving the ball down the field is <laughs> important. You know, you do have they, when you just said that. I you said you know they're sixty five. They still got potentially twenty three more years on average. Well, yeah, you definitely need to be moving the ball down the field towards the end zone as well. So uh, because it's football season, we'll use the uh, football an- analogy. But let's switch gears a little bit. What about that younger person who's listening right now and retirement may be the furthest thing from their mind. What advice do you have for them if they've got 30, 40 years more of work ahead of them? So um, let's assume for a moment that uh, the person uh, works for a company and they have a 401k at the company. At an absolute minimum, if there is a match uh, at that 401k or at that company with the 401k, put in enough money today now uh, to at least get the match. And many companies will um, match 50% of the first uh, 3% of salary. Um, So um, uh, in in a situation like that, it's almost like free money. Uh, you do have to stay with the company generally for a number of years before it'll vest, but it's you know it's hard to beat getting your money matched with the fifty cents on the dollar, twenty five cents on the dollar, whatever it is. You need to take advantage of it. If there isn't a four hundred one k available uh, at work or an over retirement plan, uh, consider setting up uh, an IRA individual retirement account. Uh, put uh, you can put six thousand dollars into it under the uh, age of fifty, uh, so five hundred dollars a month. Save that money uh, uh, every month. Pay yourself first, uh, and set that money uh, that money aside. And one of the tricks that we offer to, to to young folks is, you know, 
saving money is a lot like exercise. It's something we know we should do, and all of us talk about it, and we're going to do start doing it tomorrow. Um, and when we go back to the gym and try to do those uh, 50 push-ups, it hurts uh, because we hadn't exercised in a long time. And the same thing's true with money. If you try to save too much too fast, it hurts, and you quit saving. So start with an amount that you won't miss, and then at regular intervals, maybe every six months or maybe every year, increase it a little bit, increase it a little bit more, keep doing that, and you'll be surprised how quickly you'll accumulate good savings for your retirement. Mm, that's a great Great idea, great strategy. We've got about two minutes, so I'm going to give you two questions, and uh, we'll break it up. So you got about a minute on each of these, and I know you've got an important morning ahead of you. But uh, you're always talking about a financial or retirement plan, and I know plans are important in most areas of our lives. But uh, in about a minute, explain why we need to have a plan uh, in terms of not just doing these things, but actually having a real master plan as far as our retirement and our financial future. Study after study has shown that when we have goals that are written and in front of us with a timetable, we have much more success in achieving those goals. And a financial plan takes those goals, says this is what you need to do to um, accomplish those goals, and it will monitor your progress as you go along, modifying it as it needs to. And so your odds of success, uh, not that you can't be successful without one, but your odds of success are significantly improved by having a written financial or retirement plan. Mm, that's a it's a great point right there. That plan is critical. It's critical, and you got to have and having a pro do it with you is kind of like having a coach in the gym working with you. They, they can look for the things that you're doing wrong, enhance the things that you're doing right, and put it all together towards that master plan. All right, last question of the show today, and this is what we mentioned at the top of the hour. What is your opinion? Of what everybody seems to be talking about, what is your opinion of cryptocurrency as an investment as a part of your portfolio? So from an investor's point of view, uh, strap yourself in with that seatbelt and go for the ride if you're going if you're going to invest. You know uh, everybody talked about uh, uh, cryptocurrencies. Um, the, 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 the issue here is there, the, it, it's in everybody's mind as to what it's worth. It's, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. In this case, the value is in the eye of the beholder. And we've seen with Bitcoin uh, it decrease by 50% uh, over the last couple of months. Um, and that's not to say that it won't go back up into the uh, 60,000 range again in the future, but you're going to have to hold on. Mm. Uh, if you're going to put cryptocurrency in your portfolio, it shouldn't be more than a 3% allocation. Uh, our sense is it's uh, it's for us, it doesn't produce anything, it doesn't manufacture anything, it doesn't provide any service, and it's not for portfolios uh, that we're managing. But if you want to do it, uh, just don't don't bet the farm on it. That's yeah. the biggest thing I can tell you. I love it. That's a great way to look at it. And your risk is low if you're doing it with that low of a percent. Ray, we're so thrilled to have you. This discussion today was uh, right on topic, and appreciate you uh, being a part of the show today. Thanks for listening to Business Beyond the Boardroom On Demand podcast. 
a feature of the Business Beyond the Boardroom live radio show. You can listen to the full live radio show every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time anywhere in the U.S. simply by going to moneytalk1010.com. Or if you live in Tampa Bay on 103.1 FM, 92.1 FM, 1010 AM, or 99.5 HD2. Also, you can follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter for more great business and marketing content. Or just hop over to my website, marksteckman.com. Thanks for listening and make it a great day.